may be seated. You know, uh, as, as the worship team heads down here this morning, um, I don't know about you guys, but I looked at Psalm 150, and uh, I, I thought to myself, man, what a song of tremendous, psalm of tremendous rejoicing. Amen. A psalm of tremendous rejoicing. Praise God. And I look at what's going on around the world, and I, and I look at what's happening, whether it's in this country or in others, and, and the, the way that Satan and the world and the flesh um, are, are just moving in, in terrible ways. I look at things like ha what's happened in Afghanistan. I look at the, the destruction in Haiti. I, I, I look at other things that are going on, and I think to myself, it, you know, it's easy to become discouraged. It's easy to become discouraged. You know, I watched, I watched and maybe you've seen the video, too, of, of uh, the, the, the person in Afghanistan handing the baby to the Marine standing on the wall around the airport in Kabul. And I, and I thought to myself, my goodness. And I thought of my own children to hand them to a stranger. We, we can't even begin to comprehend that. What they're going through. The believers there who, uh, I mean, there's just, there's just terrible reports of, of things happening to Christians. And, and I think, you know, it, it's so easy. It's so easy for us. It's so easy for people to lose hope. Even the church. To look around at all of the darkness moving. And to say, all right, well, <laughs> praise the Lord, absolutely. And I believe that, but, but man, there's a lot of bad things going on around the world. And see, if our hope is in our circumstances, we're going to be up and down all the time. We're going to be discouraged. We're going to be beaten down. There's going to be times where we feel like we're on the mountaintop and drop into the lowest valley. But our hope isn't found in our circumstances, right? Our hope is found in Christ. Our hope is found in the fact that we know that this place is not our forever home. You know, you hear people talk about you know, they buy a house, and this is our forever home. I, I sure hope it's not. Right? Can you imagine fixing that place up for eternity? If your forever home is something that you're planning on this world, you're, you're in for a surprise because it's going to burn. This is temporary. Our home is in heaven. Our home is with God, and our hope is found in that. And so I, I heard this song a little while ago, and I thought, you know, I, I'm going to play it because, because I'll be honest, even in my heart, I, I look at what's going on, and my heart breaks for those in Afghanistan, for those in Haiti, because I, I, can't, I can't even begin to comprehend some of those things. Yet I know they're walking through it. My brothers and sisters in Christ are walking through that, and I need to be praying for them. And it's important that we, we remember where our hope is found. So I'm going I'm to play this song for you. I want you to, to listen to the words. Don't drop a single anchor, we're almost home. Through every toil and danger, we're almost home. How many pilgrim saints 
have before us gone. No stopping now, we're almost home. That promised land is calling, we're almost home. And not a tear shall fall, then we're almost home. Make ready now your souls for that kingdom come. No turning back, we're almost home. We're almost home. We're almost home. So press on sore that blessed shore and praise the Lord. We're almost home. This journey ours together, we're almost home. Unto that great forever, we're almost home. What song anew we'll sing around that happy throne? Come faint of heart, we're almost home. We're almost home. We're almost home. So press on sore that blessed shore. Oh, praise the Lord. We're almost home. This life is just a vapor. We're almost home. That sun is setting yonder, we're almost home. Take courage for this darkness shall break to dawn. Oh, lift your eyes, we're almost home. We're almost home. We're almost home. So press on sore that blessed shore. Oh, praise the Lord, we're almost home. We're almost home. We're almost home. So press on sore that blessed shore. Oh, praise the Lord, we're almost home. When you open your Bibles to Psalm 150 here this morning, let's uh, read it together. If you could stand with me, and we're going to read Psalm 150 together. Praise God, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens, praise him for his mighty deeds, praise him according to his excellent greatness, praise him with trumpet sound, praise him with lute and harp, praise him with tambourine and dance, praise him with strings and pipe, praise him with sounding cymbals, Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. You may be seated. (laughs) 
So today we're going to conclude our series in the book of Psalms. Thank you for walking with us through it. There's so many more Psalms, of course, that we have not touched on, right? And uh, I, I encourage you, I encourage you to read through and study the book of Psalms. Well, we've seen different themes throughout the different Psalms that we've looked at. We started in Psalm 1 with blessed is the man, right? And we end the Psalm with praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So as we look at the different themes that existed in, in the different Psalms, we see those who are in the pits of life, in, in, in the discouragement, in the trials, in the trouble. We see God's deliverance. We see God's faithfulness. We see God's love and his mercy. But today we're going to look at an ending to the book of Psalms. If the power stays on. But we're going to have church if the power goes off, so it doesn't matter. Just those of you who are watching online, you'll have to open and study Psalm 150 for yourself. <laughs> Psalm 150. When you think of praising God, what comes to mind? What comes to mind? If I, had to, if, I, if I asked you this question, if I said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to say, praise the Lord because what would your next statement be? What would your next statement be? Praise the Lord because, and you have to fill that in. So you have about 30 minutes to think of your answer. Because in about 30 minutes, what we're going to do is we're going to turn to one another. You're not going to come up front. We're going to turn to one another. And I want you to look to your neighbor sitting on your right or to your left or in front of you or behind you and say, praise the Lord and tell them the reason. So instead of me putting you on the spot, I've given you like 30 minutes. So start thinking. The website Got Questions uh, gives us a little bit of, of, of an understanding when talking about praising God. He, here's what it says. I'm going to read directly off it. Christians often speak of praising God. The Bible commands all living creatures to praise the Lord. One Hebrew word for praise is yada, meaning praise, give thanks, or confess. A second word often translated praise in the Old Testament is zamar, sing praise. A third word translated praise is halal, the root of hallelujah, meaning to praise, honor, or commend. All three terms contain the idea of giving thanks and honor to the one who is worthy of praise. And so what I want you to do for, for a moment is I want you to stop and I want you to think about your week. We've all, we've all, I'm sure your week was busy. Right? That seems to be the common answer when you ask people anymore. How's life going? Oh man, it's swamped. It's so busy. It's so busy. Think about your week. How did you praise God this week? How did you praise God? This week? Did you take time to stop and to give him glory for, for the great things that he has done in your life? Were you looking at the little moments as well as the big moments and praising him for those? 29 minutes. See, there's an importance in expressing your praise towards God. So here in verse 1, the psalmist starts with this statement, Praise the Lord. Now, now we use that statement often. At least I do. I use that statement on a regular basis, right? I was, I was raised that way. It was ingrained in me as a child that when, we, when, when something happened, it was always praise the Lord or give glory to God. I, I can still remember. I can still remember looking for things around the house and finding them and, and my parents, my mom or my dad, being like, praise the Lord. Like, yeah, you're right. I should. 
in the little things and the big things. It should, be, it should be something that just rolls off my tongue, meaning it with all my heart, yet it should be my first response. Because he is the one who deserves all the praise and all the glory. There's so much that goes on in the life of a believer here on earth. Yet even in the lowest of valleys, there are tremendous reasons for praise. And on the highest of mountaintops, there are tremendous reasons for praise. So the psalmist breaks it down in a couple of different things. First, we look at um, where and what are some of the things that we should praise God for. So here in uh, verse 2, praise God in his sanctuary. Well, that means the church, right? Does it? I tell you what, it is really cool to listen to the voices of God's people fill the room. Even though the sanctuary is not full this morning, I could hear you all singing over all of the sound equipment, and it sounded beautiful. Most of you sounded beautiful. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Praise God in his sanctuary. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? So, so wait a minute. Praise God in his sanctuary. Okay, so, so we can look at the church and say we should be praising God here, but we should be praising God in our own lives because God dwells in us. We should be exalting God. Praise him in his sanctuary. Do you not know that you are God's temple? Those of you who have given your life to the Lord, who have been made a new creation in Christ, you are God's temple. And God's spirit dwells in you. The next thing is told is praise him for his mighty deeds. So we praise him by telling other people of what God has done. The Bible says in Psalm 145:4, one generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. We can look through the Old Testament to the New Testament. And we can see the mighty and miraculous works of Almighty God. Whether it was creation, the splitting of the Red Sea, whether it was the resurrection, Jesus coming to earth. God breaking the prison bars open for Paul. We can go on and on throughout the scripture and see amazing and miraculous things that God has done. I think sometimes in our own lives, we miss the great things that God is doing. I don't mean God's not doing them. <laughs> I think we attribute them to other things. See, God can do miraculous things today. He's the same God. Yesterday, today, and forever. And the psalmist reminds us that we are to praise God for those great things. Don't take the mighty deeds of God for granted. Don't see something that God does in your life and not praise him for it. And not testify to others about it. Do not keep it to yourself. 
Parents, pass it on to your children. Tell them of ways that God has worked in your life, of things that you have seen. Tell them of the mighty works of your God. And maybe, maybe today, and I hope this isn't where you are, but, but maybe you're thinking to yourself, you know, Tony, I, 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 you know, we talk about mighty, mighty acts of God, mighty works of God, but I, I just can't, you know, my life isn't as cool as, as that person. I, I've been praying and it's just not working out in the same way as, as that other person. God's doing mighty things in their life. I see it. I mean, do you see, do you see what they have? Do you see how they act? But, but me, I, I'm just, I don't see it. I'm a believer, but I, I just don't see God answering my prayers. Or maybe God answered your prayers in a way that you weren't expecting him to answer. Your answer the answer that he chose wasn't what you were praying for. But I, I want to stop you there because each believer can testify to the mighty acts of God. And first and foremost, what we testify to is salvation. That he took a wretch like me and made me a new creation in Christ. See, I want to tell you about something great that God did do for you. The Bible says in John 3, 16 and 17, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. See, the Bible says that the holy, holy, holy God decided that even though you were a sinner, that Christ would die and pay the penalty for sin on Calvary's cross, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Don't tell me you can't testify to the mighty acts of God because we all can. And we all should, amen? Because God has done miraculous things. By taking a wretch like me and making me a new creation. Don't ever allow yourself to fall into the place of believing that you haven't witnessed the mighty works of God. Because you have. If you are a believer, you can testify to the wonder-working power of the blood of Jesus. And if you aren't a believer in Christ... I encourage you to make today that day, the day that you surrender your life to a holy God, that you turn from your sin, that you, as the scripture says in Romans chapter 10, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and the mouth, with the mouth one confesses and is saved. And if you have questions about that, come and find me after the service. I'm happy to speak with you. See, praising God for his mighty deeds is one way that we recognize what God has done. But Tony, I know God's doing great things. He doesn't need me to tell him. <laughs> no, but he tells us to praise him. I think it actually helps us recognize what God has done. I don't know about you guys, but verbalizing things is healthy for me. So if I'm, if I'm studying something, I usually, uh, and trying to memorize it, I, I usually don't just read quietly. I'll speak it out loud because there's something about verbalizing that helps me. And when I verbalize my praise to God, it helps me 
come to a better understanding and grasp of what God is truly doing. Praise the Lord. Don't just keep it inside. Testify to his greatness. So think for a moment with me. What mighty things have you seen God do in your life? And have you praised him for it? We should. We should. And then the psalmist writes that we should praise him according to his excellent greatness. Excellent greatness. The truth is that God's greatness, his excellent greatness, is beyond our comprehension. God's love is greater. His justice is greater. His righteousness is greater. His holiness is greater than what we can even begin to comprehend. His mercy, mercy that, that's new every morning. I don't know about you guys. I don't always have a lot of mercy in the morning, especially before a coffee. But his mercies are new every day. His mercies are new every day. He's perfect, rich in grace and mercy, completely righteous. Praise him according to that. The truth is that he deserves more than we could ever give. But we are to praise with all that we can. I want to read you a story from the Daily Bread. Uh, maybe you're familiar with the daily bread, but it says this, a body is not crippled till its heart has ceased to praise. A body is not crippled till its heart has ceased to praise. Louis Albert Banks tells of an elderly Christian man, a fine singer, who learned that he had cancer of the tongue and that surgery was required. In the hospital, after everything was ready for the operation, the man said to the doctor, are you sure I will never sing again? The surgeon found it difficult to answer. He simply shook his head no. The patient then asked if he could sit up for a moment. I've had many good times of singing the praises of God, he said. And now you tell me I can never sing again. I have one song that will be my last. It will be of gratitude and praise to God. So there in the doctor's presence, the man sat up, sang softly the words of Isaac Watts. I'll praise my maker while I've breath. And when my voice is lost in death, praise shall employ my nobler power. My days of praise shall ne'er be past, while life and thought and being last, or immortality endures. So I'll praise my God because of who he is, with all that I am, as long as I can, because of his excellent greatness. The greatness that is beyond understanding. The Bible says in Psalms 145 verse 3, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. Unsearchable. Think about that with me. His greatness is unsearchable. So the psalmist highlights where we should praise God and why we should praise him. Um, and, and now we, we look at some of the ways in which we can praise God. What we are to praise God with, praise him with the trumpet sound. Praise him with the lute and the harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. There's a different number of instruments that are used here. You have percussion, you have strings, you have things like the flute. The lute. One commentator writes the following. He says, The broad list of musical instruments tells us that God wants every class and group of people to praise him. 
because these instruments were normally played by different types of people. The horn was the curved shofar blown by the priest. The harp and the psaltery were played by the Levites. The timbrels were struck by women dancing, playing on stringed instruments, and pipes and cymbals were not reserved for the Levites. What does that tell us? It tells us that God deserves and God desires true praise from our hearts. How cool is it that God gave us a variety of instruments to be able to praise him with and tells us to do that, right? See, this list isn't, isn't completely, and maybe at the time it was, it was exhaustive to what they had, but it doesn't mean that, that you can't praise God. Have you ever seen someone play the saw before? Have you ever, anybody ever seen that? It's pretty cool, right? Does that mean because the saw isn't on this list that you can't use the saw to praise God? No, you can. Uh, if, maybe it's your cup of tea. Um, but I, I remember hearing someone playing the saw when I was growing up in Bolivia. It's really cool. You should look it up sometime. Um, but it is, it is very fascinating. But we, can, we, we, we look at these different instruments that God has told us, and so we also look and understand that, that places that, that hold theological belief, saying that you can't praise God with these other instruments, that, that theology is unsound, right? In the Scripture, it tells us that we are to praise God with, with multiple instruments. You know, if I, I can use a guitar to praise God or not praise God. Right? If, I, if I decide to use it to, to play the ability that God has given me and to sing his praises, then I'm using it to praise God. If I use it to walk down the street and smack somebody in the head, then I'm not using it to praise God. Right? So, so the instrument in and of themselves are, are amoral. Yet we're told to use those instruments to bring God glory and to praise him with them. And then look at the, look at the, last, the last line. Praise him with loud, clashing cymbals. Now I want you to think about that with me for a moment. Loud, clashing cymbals. The word loud is not there by mistake. The word clashing is not there by mistake. We should praise God with all that we are. With all that we have. Does this mean that, that when you praise God, you have to have all of these instruments? No, 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 no. Right? We sing tremendous praise to God without any instruments. Yet he's given us things to be able to worship him with. It tells us that we should praise God joyfully. And that we should praise God loudly. I wonder, do, do you remember there's a hymn, there's joy in serving Jesus? Do you remember that song? There is joy in serving Jesus. I think it's the chorus. There is joy, joy, joy in serving Jesus. And I've seen, I've seen so many people, maybe I've been guilty of this, saying, there's joy in serving Jesus. Joy, 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 joy. How many joys are there left? <laughs> and it's like, man, are, 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 we really, are we really joyful in our praise of God? Are we really rejoicing? Are we singing with our hearts? Are we declaring his mighty deeds and his excellent greatness? Do we mean it? Or are we just going through the motions? Don't allow yourself to go through the motions. Make the decision to praise God with all that you are. See, we praise God joyfully because we've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. If we understood that and thought about that each time, I think our praise would be a little bit different. 
I'm singing to the mighty God who saved me from my sins. Something I could not do on my own. No matter how hard I try, I sing his praises. I declare them boldly. And I sing with joy because that God loves me, has demonstrated mercy and grace towards me. The last verse. See, it's right, it's right on this slide. It wasn't right on the other one. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So through, through Psalm 150, we talked in the beginning about three different words that God got questions used that translate to the word praise. But the word that's used through Psalm 150 is the word halal. It's, it's the root of hallelujah, right? And here we see that again and again and, and through Psalm 150. This word halal, to praise God, let everything that has breath praise God. The Lord, creation, declares the glory of Almighty God. The singing of the birds, the roaring of the lion, the howling of the monkeys, the mooing of the cattle, declares the glory of God. I'm sure you found yourself out in God's creation at some point where you are able to just look and listen and be marveled at how great God is. One of, one of my favorite things to do growing up was to go out to places where I could see no electricity poles, right? Not, none of the wire. I could see nothing. I could just see, and I would think to myself, this is how it used to be. <laughs> this is how it used to be. Going out to the jungle and going down the river on fishing trips and we'd camp on these sand banks and, and watching the sun set there over the trees and, and there, there's nothing, there's no people, there's, there's no light pollution. You can listen to the sounds of nature and there's no question that creation declares the glory of Almighty God. On the flight that we would go out there, we would leave the valley of, of Cochabamba, about 8,000 feet above sea level, and fly up over the snow-capped Andes Mountains, right? And we would fly down and, and see all of the amazing creation that God made with the mountains. And then right there from the mountains is a carpet of green trees that leads into the jungle, which you can't see, but there are people that live down there. And as you're flying so high, all of a sudden you see this tiny little thing down on the ground, and that's where you're going to land. Right? And so it starts to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And you start to see more detail, more vivid detail. There's no question that creation declares the glory of God. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So I want you to take a minute. Some of you are probably scrambling in your minds trying to think of what do I say. I gave you lots of warning. What can you praise God for? Right now, at this moment, at this time. I want you to look at the person on your right and the person on your left. If you have no one on your right or left, then look behind you or in front of you. And I want you to tell them this. Praise God for this. Don't be the wise guy that says praise God for this. Right? Praise God for and then fill it in there. Go ahead. 